Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome back to ACRAC. I'm Jed Wolpaw, and today we're going to talk about an interesting topic around the issue of management of arterial blood gases, and that is the concept of pH stat versus alpha stat. pH stat versus alpha stat is what we will talk about. Remember, you can check us out at the website, acrac.com. That's A-C-C-R-A-C.com. You can leave comments there on any of the episodes. You can join our mailing list, which you find in the upper right-hand corner of the website. And you can always email me at acrac at acrac.com. That's A-C-C-R-A-C at A-C-C-R-A-C.com. But if you have something to say and you're interested in sharing it with others, please leave it on the website. Others can see your comments, they can respond to your comments, and we can have an ongoing dialogue. As you know, I'm a big fan of a variety of podcasts. One of my favorites is Radio Lab, and there was a fantastic Radio Lab episode recently that I highly recommend, and it is about a molecule called alpha-gal, alpha-galactose, which it turns out is a sugar that's made in all non-human mammals. And so when you eat meat, you get this molecule, alpha-gal, into your bloodstream. So it turns out that there was a small population of people that were starting to develop meat allergies late in life. They had been eating meat their whole life, and then sort of all of a sudden, they were becoming anaphylactically allergic to meat. And so when scientists looked into this, they found that these people all lived in an area that was also where tick-borne illnesses like Lyme disease were really endemic. And so it turned out, and I'll let you listen to the episode to, to learn the details, but it turned out that what was going on was that when a tick would bite an animal and get some alpha-galactose, some alpha-gal into its blood and then would, or into its mouth, essentially, and then when it would bite a human and inject some of that alpha-gal into the skin, that some people were predisposed to have an incredible immunologic reaction to that alpha-gal in the skin, even though it had been in their bloodstream their whole lives. But there was something about the way the skin responded that produced antibodies through the body and would lead to subsequent episodes of anaphylaxis anytime they would eat meat. So these people were developing this meat allergy because of a tick bite late in life. And it's still being investigated and, and studied more, but really interesting how they went about discovering this. And the story is really well done, as are most of Radiolab's episodes. All right, let's start by talking about a really interesting concept that is both interesting because it deals with a lot of interesting physiology, but also uh, is something that you, you often get tested on, on um, in training exams and on board exams uh, in anesthesia. And this is the concept of pH stat versus alpha stat. So if you've never heard of this, these are two different ways to deal with ABGs that are measured during cardiac surgery when, or any surgery when a patient is cooled. So most typically this is going to be cardiac surgery. All right. So pH stat is one and alpha stat is another. And we're going to get into what exactly this means. It can be pretty confusing and I'll point out some ways in which it is, but I think if you understand it, 
Once you get it, you're going to get those questions right. So as a patient gets colder, I want you to think about their blood and what happens to the CO2 both in their blood and in the area above the blood. If you were to put that blood in a tube with air above it, where would that, that CO2 would come out of solution, some of it, and would create a partial pressure above the blood. So as a patient gets colder, what happens to that CO2? Well, more CO2 dissolves in the blood. And it's kind of easier to think about the other way around, that as a patient gets warmer, as liquid gets warmer, more gas comes out of solution. And you know this because eventually a liquid, when continuing to get warmer, will boil and all of the liquid will become gas. So as you get warmer, more and more gas is produced, more and more vapor above that liquid, and so more vapor pressure, more partial pressure. And as therefore the opposite, as the person gets colder, they dissolve more of the gas, more CO2 dissolves in the blood. Now this is one part where it gets tricky. You would think, therefore, that if more CO2 is in the blood, that the PCO2, the measurement of the level of CO2 in the blood, would go up. But remember, the key is when you get a measurement from a blood gas, it's not CO2. It's not the concentration of CO2. It's the PCO2. It's the partial pressure of carbon dioxide, which means that the machine is letting the gas come out of solution and measuring whatever partial pressure that makes. And so as the patient gets colder, more CO2 will dissolve in the blood, and so the PCO2 will go down because there's less escaping from the liquid to create pressure, and therefore the partial pressure, the PCO2, goes down. The other thing that can happen with hypothermia is that apart from the CO2, there's an alkaline shift in pH, and that's because of decreased dissociation of weak acids, which leads to an alkaline shift in the pH. So as a patient gets colder, two things happen. The CO2 dissolves in the blood, therefore the PCO2 goes down, and the pH gets a little more alkaline. In other words, the pH goes up. So let's move for a second now to the blood gas analyzer. So the blood gas analyzer is always going to give you a result at 37 degrees. In other words, no matter what temperature the blood is, when it gets to the blood gas analyzer, it's going to warm it up to 37 degrees and then tell you what the PCO2 is. So if a patient is colder than 37 their CO2, we already said, is going to, their PCO2 is going to go down. But the machine will warm up that blood and this PCO2 will be normal again, even though in the patient, the PCO2 is less because more CO2 is dissolved in the blood. All right, so let's say we have a patient with a PCO2 of 30 and another patient with a PCO2 of 40. So what's the difference? Well, what happens to cerebral blood flow at a PCO2 of 30 compared to 40? The answer is the cerebral blood flow at 30 is less. So the PCO2 is a determinant of cerebral blood flow. So what pH stat says, that approach says, let's back calculate the pH and the CO2. Not to what it is at 37 degrees where the machine heats it up to, but what it, it is at the actual patient's temperature. So in other words... If you have a patient 
and the blood gas machine, your patient is, let's say, at 32 degrees, but the blood gas machine says that their pH is 7.4 and their PCO2 is 40, totally normal. But that's not actually what is in the patient. That's what happens when you warm up that blood to, to 37 degrees. At 32 degrees, the PCO2 is actually less. So let's just say for the sake of this question that it's 30. So if the PCO2 in the patient is 30, then your pH is going to be, let's say, 7.5, okay? So what pH stat says is, let's look at that. Let's look at 7.3, let's look at 7.530 instead of what the machine says, which is 7.440. Let's look at what's in the patient who's 32 degrees, which is 7.530, and let's treat that. Let's add carbon dioxide, literally add carbon dioxide to the patient, to the blood, to get the pH to be 7.4 and the CO2 to be 40. So why would you do that? So think back to cerebral blood flow. What happens to the cerebral blood flow when you take the PCO2 from 30 to 40? It increases. And so If you have a patient and you add CO2 to make their pH more normal, you're going to increase their cerebral blood flow. So who would we want to do this in? We want to do it in kids, not in adults. And we'll come back to that in a minute. So let's talk, though, first about alpha stat. So alpha stat says, let's just use the pH and PCO2 that the blood gas analyzer gives us. So in other words, we'll just pretend the patient is at 37 degrees. The blood gas analyzer heats up the blood to 37 degrees, and we're going to just take that value. And if it spits out 7.440, then we're going to say, great, let's pretend the patient's at 7.440, so we won't do anything about it. So in other words, the patient isn't actually 7.440. They're cold, so they're actually, let's say, 7.530. They're actually alkalotic and hypocarbic, but we're going to leave that alone because we don't want to further dilate their cerebral vessels. We don't want to increase blood flow during this cardiac surgery when they're cold. So why not? So the answer is, if a patient is having cardiac surgery and their aorta is being cross-clamped and manipulated, and we increase their cerebral blood flow by giving them CO2, they are at risk for an embolic load to the brain. So we don't do that with adults. Now with kids, remember, we said we use pH stat where we do give CO2 to increase cerebral blood flow. And the reason we can do it in kids is they don't have atherosclerosis. They don't have plaque on their aorta. So even when their aorta is being cross-clamped, they're not going to throw clot to the brain. And so it's safe to increase cerebral blood flow. So it's not that it wouldn't be a good idea to have more blood, flow, more blood flow to the adult brain. It's that there's too much risk of embolic load. So we don't do it with adults, but with kids we do. And so we use pH stat with kids, and you can remember that because P, pH for pediatric, and then alpha stat, A, alpha starts with A, A for adult. So we use pH stat with kids and A, alpha stat for adults. We do it because... We want to increase cerebral blood flow to the brain of kids because it's risk-free, essentially, but we don't want to increase cerebral blood flow to the adult brain during cardiac surgery because of the risk of the embolic load. All right, here's the other thing you're going to be asked about. They may refer to pH stat as temperature-corrected, temperature-corrected management, 
and to alphastat as not temperature corrected. And this is tricky because people think of pH stat as not being temperature corrected because they think, oh, no, I want to know the real value, not the one that the machine temperature corrects for. But that's not what it's referring to when we talk about temperature corrected or not. The machine always temperature corrects. The machine will always heat the blood up to 37 degrees. When we say temperature corrected, we mean pH stat is temperature corrected because we're adding CO2 to correct for the effects of the hypothermia. We are doing the correcting for the cold by giving CO2. That's why it's temperature corrected. Whereas alpha stat, we don't do anything. We, we let the temperature effect alone. We don't try to correct for the temperature effect. We don't give CO2. So alpha stat is not temperature corrected. So that's confusing, and they'll ask you that, and you will get it wrong if you don't remember that pH stat is temperature corrected and alpha stat is not. Again, the machine will always heat up the blood. Now, you may have some machines where it asks for a temperature, and then it may give you one reading and then a reading where it has corrected for the temperature, and that's what where it's always heating it up to 37. But then it can do your work for you of back calculating. If you tell it, oh, the patient is actually 32, the machine can say, okay, the value I got at 37 was this, and I can use a little algorithm that's been programmed into me to tell you back calculating to what's actually in a patient at 32. So that's when the machine does it. But it doesn't change the fact that it's making its initial measurement at 37. It's always done at 37. All right, that's it for today. For the ACRAC podcast, I'm Jed Wolpaw. Remember, you can go to the website, acrac.com, leave comments. Is this a concept you've ever heard of? Do you use pH stat and alpha stat? Have you ever talked about that or thought about it? Do you do cardiac anesthesia? Which one do you use? Do you always stick to using pH stat with kids and alpha stat with adults? Are there any exceptions? We can all learn from each other if you leave comments on the website, acrac.com. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, what you're doing out there every day is really important and valued. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.